Hello and welcome to the Dublin Arsenal podcast. I'm Jonathan Giles. On the show this week, in breaking news today, Brentford goalkeeper David Rea has joined on a season-long loan deal. In other big news this week, Dutch defender Jorian Timber faces a lengthy layoff with a knee injury. Also on the show this week, we review our opening day 2-1 home win over Knott's Forest and look ahead to next Monday night's fixture away to Crystal Palace. And a new feature to our podcast, we do an Irish Premier League watch where we look at our at our Irish Premier League internationals over the course of that weekend. It's just something to mix it up. So sit back and enjoy the show. On the show this week, my guests are seasonal guests at this stage. Eamon Donnelly, welcome back to the show. How are you, Paul? Ah, evening, Jonathan. Evening, Brandon. Ah, I just finished my Flinders crispy pancakes there. I'm going to wash it down with a cup of Horlicks after the show. Um, no, we're, um, we're all good. Um, glad to be back. Um, glad the football is back. Um, and glad... Um, uh, the Dublin Arsenal podcast meltdown is back. Um, the other clubs spending money, and uh, glad of all of that. Uh, I missed it, and um, so great to be back. And uh, good to see you again, Brendan. And you, mate. Yeah, it's good to have you back, Eamon. After um, it's been a couple of, about two or three weeks since you were last on, I think it was with Ian Gunnery. So it's good to have you back, and hopefully, over the course of the season. Uh, I'm also joined by Brendan Boyle, uh, three in a row now, Brendan. So <laughs> it's the shit gets real now for you on the oh, show. Absolutely, absolutely. Are we expecting a little plaque or something? <laughs> Martin Stoneville, are you listening? <laughs> An Arsenal <laughs> fan pack to our good self, Brendan. How are you, Brendan? You having a good week, yeah? Yeah, all good, mate. Yeah, not so bad. Thank you. It's good to have you back on, Brendan. And uh, yeah, it's a busy show in in store for us. Um, so we begin today with the breaking news that came out um, around one or two o'clock was today. Um, we signed um, David Ray from Brentford on loan. It was no really, wasn't really as big as news. It's been going around the last two or three weeks, but it's nice to have him on a season long loan deal and with an option to buy at the end of the season. Um, I'll go to you, um, Eamon. Happy, you, no. happy with the signing for for the season. With the Ray, yeah, yeah, David Ray. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm happy, and I tell you why. Um, I love Aaron Ramsdale, um, but I don't think his position should be the only one on the team that's safe. For example, I love Ben White as well, and Ben White trains his way into the team, obviously every week because. He's either in the centre of the defence or the right-hand side of the defence, but he trains his way into the team through hard work every week. Gabriel lost out there at the weekend. I think that was tactical. But if their place is not safe, why should Aaron Ramsdale's? You know? Um, but I do suspect there are worries about the ball at Ramsdale's feet. And Raya um, would be recognised as probably one of the best keepers in Europe with the ball at his feet. And I think that's I think that's gonna play out, you know. Again, Ireland was almost caught the weekend again, and it's it's beginning to happen in most games, you know. Uh, and I think it, it I think the, the the source of that problem, Brendan, you might remember, it goes back to the, the the Southampton game towards the back end of last season when we needed to win at home and uh, we gave away we threw away a goal after a minute through it uh, a pass down the middle. And I think that rang an alarm bell. I love Aaron Ramsdale. I think he's a very good goalkeeper. Um, and he may well hold on to his place, and I don't have no problem with that. But he's now got the battle like everybody else. Yeah, we were at um, the Brighton game at home at the end of last season, Eamon, and yeah. Ramsdale made a couple of mistakes with his feet there, particularly the last two goals of Brighton's. Yeah. Um, and like as he said himself after the Community Shield game, he says to the reporter, bring it on. When he was sat, when he was told about it, yeah. So you can see he's he's going to be pushed now, and I think it might just up his game. He's a, he's a super goalkeeper, you know. But um, yeah, I think a bit of competition. What is that, Jonathan? There's enough games as well, you know. 
Yeah, well, yeah, when you factor in the Champions League, League Cup and FA, yeah, there it's it is good to have competition. Yeah, it's it's a lot of one it's a lot of one position, you know. Yeah. Um Brandon, we talked about this last week, myself and uh, uh Martin as well. Um are you happy that that's gone over the line now, that signing? Absolutely, absolutely. Um he's he's a very, very good goalkeeper. We've been after him for a couple of for a couple of seasons. And uh, I think Brentford didn't want to sell him the last time we were looking at him. And since then, I think he's only improved. He's got better and better. And um, other clubs have been in for him. Spurs got blasted out of the water with a really, really high quote, a very high price for him. And um, and we've done a sensational deal, three million quid with an option to buy. It's a no-brainer. It's it's like if we don't want to if we don't want to buy him at the end of it we can walk away and it's only cost us three million three million quid and we have a very very good goalkeeper i won't say a one or a two do you know what i mean and <laughs> and I, I i think i'd i'd go with with what Eamon's saying on on the ramsdale thing um i don't know if i mentioned it last week but i was in the ground for the charity shield about an hour or so beforehand and uh it was very interesting to see the goalkeepers were out early and they were playing the ball into Ramsdale's feet constantly. And it was really interesting. It was into his right foot, into his left foot. So they were really concentrating on his um, on his kicking. And and I think when he first came, he was sensational. Um, I think that was probably because Peter Cech or old Bernd Leno were, weren't the greatest with the ball at their feet. So yeah. he was a great on, on those two. And... Um, and I think he his his passing has dropped off a has dropped off a little bit. And you know, there's a, there's a few balls that he's knocked out into touch on a regular basis. So um, it's um, yeah, it's it can only it can only push him. And I really liked what Eamon said about Ben White because I because it, it it seems that there's always somebody going to come in for Ben White, and Ben White just steps up to the plate, plays his way through it. And is always in the team, and I love, I, I absolutely love him. And he's he's so underrated. He's such a skillful football player, and uh, and I agree. I I think everybody should should have if you if we want to be an elite club, as in winning leagues and Champions Leagues, we need to have players pushed constantly. Nobody should be allowed to rest on their laurels, no matter how much of a crowd favourite they might be. And I, I would put Gabriel Jesus in, into that sort of bracket as well um but but yeah i think like ramsdale's only 24 years of age a, a child in goalkeeping terms so he can fingers crossed only improve um especially with somebody like david raya pushing him and you know being as good a goalkeeper as he is ramsdale's going to have to to match him or or be better than him and i don't think no disrespect i don't think matt turner was that goalkeeper that was going to push him yeah, absolutely. And I mean, just to, fi- to finish this point off, I mean, Brendan is absolutely right. Like Martinelli was unplayable on, on, on Saturday, right? But if Martinelli had two or three games where he wasn't unplayable, Trossard is pushing him so hard, you know? So it's like, so, you know, you have to apply those standards in every position if you want to be the best, you know? And I think, I think it's a good, and by the way, congratulations to Edu on the deal. The structure of that deal, I mean, Edu should be wearing a Dick Torben mask. <laughs> he has left Brentford with half a Sainsbury's in his, in, in his rucksack, plus a loan <laughs> for David Ray. I'm telling you, you know. Yeah. He's walked away from Brentford on Black Bess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Absolutely. No, yeah. Spot on. Yeah, it's great to have a backup and international, you know, international Spanish international as well, and with Premier League experience behind him as well, you know. But indeed, Brentford they talk very highly of him as well, so it can only be good news in terms of competition, you know. And we're strengthening in each position now, aren't we? You know, there's nearly two players every position now, which is which is looking good, and that's what Arteta wanted. So he's getting what he wants, and hopefully he backs it up. And so best of luck to David Ray whenever we get to see him, which. Could be soon enough. Um, we start with um, 
uh, the review from our first um, Premier League game uh, at home against Nottingham Forest. Uh, a 2-1 win, Eddie and Ketty and uh, Bukaya Saka uh, with an absolute howitzer, you could say. Uh, absolutely brilliant. And we're getting so used to seeing him cutting in and hitting shots like that and got nine, nine out of ten times going in. And um, Nottingham Forest goal was by uh, one. You, um, caught a bit badly, you thought, you know, but it was, it was at a stage of the game where the legs were getting a bit tired, the first game of the season, so, you know, you kind of let that, you let that go, but, um, uh, really, aside from that, um, for this last, you could say, what, 15, last 15 minutes was a bit edgy, you know, but we did, we looked a bit tired, you know, um, but for the majority of the game, we controlled, um, aside, obviously, from the Orient Timber injury, Early in the second half, which looks a bad knee injury. Um, I thought Nketiah has taken his chance really well again, which he zoos out, you know. Uh, the old fox in the box took his goal really well. That bit of skill from Martinelli, <laughs> the nutmeg and sending him off, was incredible. Uh, and then obviously Bukaya Saka, you feel sorry for Matt Turner. This is what this is what he saw in training every day, you know. Um, but look, um, best of luck to him in his career with Forest, but. Looked after after seeing Man City win the night before, three points was imperative to get off to a good start. We got three points, good home win. Um, I go to you, Eamon. Um, you played the game. You were solid enough defender. Um, can I ask you how you saw Arsenal defensively? Well, I thought the overall performance was patchy, right? Patchy. Um, I thought. We knew how they were going to play, and I thought that informed the selection. So when you asked me about defensively, people were saying, well, Gabriel had had 73 consecutive Premier League starts. Why wasn't he playing? I think we decided to play without centre-halves pretty much. That Saliba was the centre-half, and that Ben White was picked because, as Brendan said, he's a wonderful footballer, Ben, you know? And Ben White was picked because he stepped into their half uh, much more so than Gabriel would and, and, and links up with Saka uh, uh, you know with, with a kind of a telepathic understanding from where where they played last season so I think that's why that selection was made that we knew Forrest were going to uh, play in, in what they call nowadays Jesus a low block I don't know where that one came from um, they, they, they basically um, uh, yeah, they, they played very close they, they played a lot of players very close to their own but, uh, to their own goal but I thought um, Saliba, his passing is normally quick and snappy, probably taking too many touches. I thought we were quick to get the ball out to Saka from the defence, but we weren't as quick to get it out to Martinelli, and I think that caused the problem. So, def- like defensively, um, there was one sleepy moment in the first half where we all kind of ambled out and uh, we coughed up a chance. Uh, that was made a complete mail of by um, Brennan Johnson. Um, but look, yeah. um, other than that, defensively we weren't troubled. You see, the thing about it is, um, and I'll talk about other aspects of the game, but the question yeah. you asked me about was defensively. Yeah. But um, the, 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 the whole point about it is, when you're playing a team and you're dominating the ball, 85% possession, you get your mindset goes into a certain way. Brendan, you'll know this from playing, you know, your mindset, you're on top, you're on top, you're on top. When they have a go, it's very hard just to turn around and then change your game. So it's very hard to make that adjustment. And when they had a go, they kind of spooked us a little bit. But that's because we'd had we'd had it so easy for so long. And I've seen that happen to Man City as well. I've seen Man City pulverize teams at home and be 2 nil up and then they might nick a, a waxy goal or whatever. Um, and City would be hanging on. That happens the best of teams. So I wouldn't read too much into that. It's just that we had it so easy for so long. Uh, and, um, you know, I think defensively, we just, we conceded that goal because we were playing at the pace of the way we had played the game for 70 minutes, completely on top. And, you know, we could have done more to, to prevent it, um, but we didn't. Um, but we got over the line. There's other things I'd like to say about the game. I don't know what you want me to say them now. Yeah, go ahead. No, go yeah, ahead. Well, look, uh, the, the, as I said, the ball was too slow getting out to Martinelli. And um, he he brought us into the game by taking on a player 
Um, it was the first time that he uh, that we did that, and that's what made Enkedi's goal. But people will now begin to appreciate the range of Granit Xhaka's passing. And at the risk of being controversial, Declan Rice doesn't have that range of passing. Yeah, He just doesn't have it. And he won't ever have it. Plus the fact that Declan spent a lot of time out on the left-hand side, and he's a right-footed player. I know he can play with both feet, but he's predominantly a right-footed player. So his body shape is different. Zaka, uh, Granit Xhaka found Martinelli so many times on the inside channel, inside the full-back, off his left foot because of the way his body shape was. Right Now, I looked at Declan. Now, Declan gives you loads of other things that Granit Xhaka didn't. So I'm not down on Declan Rice. I thought Declan Rice was excellent and would be a brilliant player for Arsenal. But if you have him in, in, in that kind of advanced left channel where he spent a lot, a lot of time, um, he tried one pass inside the fullback, and in I don't really remember Brendan in the second half, and he kind of overcooked it. That's because it takes longer to do that off your right foot in that position. So, um, but I've no doubts about Declan. Declan would be a brilliant player for Arsenal. It's uh, and Havertz, you know, it's about it's about finding it's about recalibrating how we play a little bit, I suppose. You know, and uh, they'll find their feet. They're good lads. So overall, you know, it was okay and um, nothing to write home about. Um, but the way we won the ball back in the first half is very impressive. You know, yeah. uh, Martinelli was unbelievable. I, I know Saka was the... You know, the star boy. Saka Saka's a worthy. But I'm telling you, Martinelli's a worthy as well. Um, he was just unplayable, you know. Um, so look... Um, I remember in, when we won the double in 98, we played Forest in the first game in 98, 99. Yeah, and we beat yeah. them 2-1 at home as well. So, um, Can you name but, the goal scorers that night, Eamon? Um, I think Overmars got the winner. Did. And I think Emmanuel Petit got the first one. Did from a corner, yeah. Right. yeah. Can you remember the Nottingham Forest goal scorer by any chance? He was uh, can I remember? Oh, Jeff Thomas. That's the one. <laughs> Jeff Thomas, Jeff That's Thomas. the one. There's memory. Jeff Thomas, yeah. My sister had a season ticket at Palace uh, in the late 80s and early 90s. So Jeff Thomas would, would have been somebody I was very familiar with. I think he was linked with Arsenal a lot of times, that guy, you know? Was actually, yeah. 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 But anyway, yeah. look, that's that's my take on the game. I won't delay um, too just much. Just a quick no? note, Damon, sorry, before I move on to Brandon. What the injury to Yorian Timber, were you... At all, I know it's only early days in his career, but do you think that'd be a bit, bit of a blow for us, or do you think Zinchenko and Tierney is good cover? Well, well, of course it's a blow. Yeah, of course it's a blow. But I see, I see meltdowns going on. Look, if this had happened in January, oh, Timber is out for three or four months. It would be no different than Gabriel Jesus having an injury, or anybody else, or Zinchenko who cumulatively missed three or four months of the season last season. Right, just because it was the first day of the season and he was new and looking so good, you know. But look, Kevin De Bruyne is out for four months. These things happen. Uh, you have a squad. I actually don't think Tierney would be with us. Do you not know? Do you think he'd go? I think, I think. I think he'd look at Zinchenko and Tommy Asu on that side as cover. You know. Yeah, yeah. Newcastle are getting closer to signing him. Yeah, from what I was looking at on Sky Sports News. Yeah. Um, Brandon, you were at the game on Saturday. Before we go into the match, before we came on earlier, you were saying the whole e-ticketing was a complete mess, and what from people saw on the telly looked absolute mess. What did you make of it, Brandon? Well, disaster, disaster, really. Like, I, I might bring it back a few steps as well because yeah. I, I, yeah, flew in, I flew into Gatwick in the morning on the quarter past eight flight, and uh, so I had to wait about half an hour for a train at Gatwick which is normally running every 10 minutes, got to King's Cross and they closed the barriers at King's Cross because it was too packed. Now, this was this had delayed me now till about half 11 in the morning. And I'm like, half oh, 11 on a Saturday, what are all these people doing? So, 15 minutes. And then I got the tube to Arsenal, which I normally don't do. Yeah. And then they wouldn't let us off the tube. They held the tube while they were trying to clear the crowds away. So, and then obviously I got up to the, to the concourse or the ground outside the ground and it was pandemonium and I, I obviously i had no idea what was going on and i was trying to walk around to uh turnstile eight so i came across the bridge and yeah. um literally mobbed couldn't move there were queues out into like, literally everybody was on top of everybody else and it was like back into the 80s it was like a crush and it was it was half past 12 and then i obviously 
somebody said, oh, the game's been delayed. But then we got confirmation from one of the loudspeakers, so the game's delayed till, till one. So we were there 10 minutes and we hadn't moved. And like, I turned around, there's a guy that sits in front of me, coincidentally was, was in the queue next to me or with me. And um, like, I said, we're not getting in for one o'clock, not a hope. Like, we could just about see the turnstile, but it was like 10,000 people in front of us. <laughs> and um, so I said, I, I, and I thought I was more worried. Nobody, there was no panic. Nobody was pushing or shoving. Everyone was moaning and complaining, of course. But I thought if it had come up to 10 to, 10 to 1, I think things could have started to get really dicey. It was that packed. There was kids. Every, nobody could move. You couldn't go forwards, backwards, sideways. And then they opened the turnstiles. They opened the gates next to the turnstiles. And everyone just flowed in, and they and I was in the ground then, five minutes, ten minutes before kickoff. But it was an absolute debacle. And why, as we were saying earlier, why this wasn't checked or they had a proper backup system? Like we were told that the system had shut down at ten past twelve, so the backup should have kicked in. Whatever backup they might or might not have had, I don't know. But it was really worrying. And it could have been an awful lot worse. Like everybody got in, but it was also an issue with, with with tickets as, you know, you have to use your, I've got a season ticket. So you've got to use your season ticket X amount of times a season to keep it or they'll, they'll get rid of it. Now, living in Ireland, obviously, I use it as much as I can and then I pass it on. But we went in to the ground, we went in through the gate and then, we was like, hold on a second. Will this? Re I asked one of the stewards, will this register us for the game? And they were like, that. Well, I have no idea. So we came back out again and went through the turnstiles. Um, but as I say, it was it was a worry, and it could have been an awful lot worse. Can I ask you, Brendan? Because uh, I was curious about this. Because I've noticed um, while phones are great and all that type of thing, when I go into my local spar. If I see one of these guys taking out a phone to pay for three batch loaves and two toilet rolls, it does my head in, right? And I'm just wondering, were people rocking up to the turnstile and saying, oh, I have to load it on to what? Oh, I mean, while I didn't know that, I have a thing about and all of that type of stuff. I can only but, imagine. Yeah, well, I'll I tell you what, obviously, because they opened the gates, that didn't really become an issue. But there was a guy, there was a, we were chatting, obviously chatting to everybody around you in, in the jam. Yeah. And one of the guys that was I know and didn't know him from Adam, obviously, couldn't get Wi-Fi. So he was like, I can't get it downloaded. I can't get Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah. And obviously the Wi-Fi in the ground is is rubbish. I've never even bothered trying. But I would have I would have said that was that would have been a recurring. There would have been lots and lots of people in, in that same predicament. That the white they couldn't get Wi-Fi, so they couldn't get this. And you know, the, re the reason why I asked that question is because the next home game, okay, le even leaving aside if the technology hadn't shut down, you are going to have a whole pile of people who will take a lot longer to get into ground than they would have had under the old system, and it's going to cause chaos. I'm telling you, you know. Yeah. I mean, the thing to do is if you put it in your wallet, you don't need Wi-Fi, you know. Um, yeah, you know, so I think I think they need to make that clear to everybody. Put it in your Google wallet, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I had it in there. I, obviously, I'm I'm not as technically wonderful as you, Eamon, but no, I'm, I'm rubbish, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but I had it there. But like some of the guys that sit around me, there was two of two of them had to go and buy new phones just so they could get this um, this ticket thing. But also, what was told to me from some of the guys that sit behind now, I don't know them, and they said they just used their normal uh, season ticket, the card, and got in on the card. <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. Linking it on the card. Or even the paper email with where the barcode is, mate, you know, it's all the one, you know, it's, I, I, I don't get, I don't, I don't know if any other club actually does what we are doing. But, but uh, I know, I know. I know the reason behind it was was ticket touting and stuff like this. Yeah. There was loads of ticket touts. Buzzer. Walking around in their usual places, the same people. You know, if you've been yeah. going for as long as I have, you know the faces of these guys. They're still there. So 
how people can get in, I don't know if it's meant to be all this technical jargon, but yeah, they were still making their money. So there's yeah. all there's always a way there's always a way around things, and yeah. I'm, uh, I'm yeah. these guys already. Hopefully, yeah. Look, I'm sure the next couple of home games are going to be a bit dodgy, but uh, I think over the summer they should have probably done a few more test trials. You know, while it was quiet, and you know, and uh, you know, but like everything, it's teething problems. And they should have done it at a Monaco game. Yeah, I got into. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was sweating that I wouldn't get into that with the paper, and everyone in their hand had the paper slip. Mm-hmm. So but anyway, back, back to the back to yeah, the match. You were at the match, Brendan. I was, and go ahead. What was your was, What was your view? It was interesting to see the defensive formation. Now, I, I'd actually read a couple of days previous that that Gabriel was a doubt for the game because he'd he had a niggle in training. Now, I know Arteta turned around and said it was tactical, uh, and also defensively, how as as soon as they set up in their low block, they dropped right off, and we we moved straight into a back three. And Saliba was was pretty much the only centre half. Ben White came in, party moved back into midfield, uh, and and Timber was was in was in there as well. So it was it was fascinating to see. It didn't really work um, because we were knocking that ball around really slowly, and uh, and we need to be zipping. And I could see Arteta down. Arteta's not too far away from me, so I could see him. He was going mad. He was like, speed it up, speed it up. And so he could see it, and every time he could pull the players over, he was trying to, you know, get into them that need to be moving that ball faster. And you can tell once we move the ball fast, then we get then we get things going. And it was it was just like there's a there's it's a new team. There's there's three new players in there, and they need to gel. And I think it will come, but it was yeah. It was a bit. I thought the performance was a bit flat, and um, Nottingham Forest didn't really put much up to them, and I think that played in into them a little bit because once Forest scored, we sort of turned it up a couple of notches and and could have, you know, could have put the game to bed. But at the, at the same time, I, I we've only kept clean sheets very very rarely at home for the, in the last year. So even last season, mid, midway through the season, we were conceding goals hand over fist at home. And I think we conceded 48 goals in the league last year or something, yeah. like, something like that. Because the amount of goals we scored, you can win a league with. The amount of goals we conceded, you can't win a league with. So yeah. I, think that's, I think that's our, 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 our big problem. And it is an Achilles heel sort of thing for us. We just can see too many goals. Yeah. We scored 88 Premier League goals last season in total, you know, which was a good... Which would win you the league. Yeah, it's just as you said, when you can see too many, obviously the goal difference when you're when you're up against City is not to kill you, yeah. Um, what was your view of the Bukaya Saka goal, uh, Brandon? Was it a spectacular as what, was it what it was on telly? <laughs> I was right behind it, and I could see <laughs> a little a little corner of the goal. And that ball just angled straight in there. It was yeah. amazing. I think the commentators had said that they had a great view of it as well. Yeah, yeah. Everybody down that side had a amazing view. We could see what he was going to do, yeah. and it was yeah, you get in there, son. You know, so brilliant. Goal. He's a great player to turn on the style, isn't he? When you're, as you said, we were a bit slow up to about what twenty odd, twenty nine minutes before the force. But yeah. he, him, him and Martinelli and Keji and Saka brought stuff into the game. You know, they just get injected. As you know, they can just turn it on like that. Yeah, it's... I, I think Ben White plays really well with him, and obviously Ben White in a different position wasn't really pushing on. Yeah, with him there, Thomas Party, yeah, no. No, he doesn't do that overlap as as well as Ben White does. Oh, Brendan, but on on that, Brendan, um, I, I just felt that in the first twenty minutes, when it looked as if we would, would be there till Christmas, twelve months before we'd score, <laughs> the one bit of hope we had was how quick we got the ball to second. So all of the danger for the first twenty minutes, and Ben White actually took the law into his own hands and started doing the overlap. Yeah, yeah, he did. He was right, and yeah. all I'm saying is that. 
Martinelli on the other side didn't get fed that quick ball that Saka did. Right? Yeah, because I, I think that ball's going to Havertz and to Declan Rice, and they yeah. just haven't clicked. They haven't got that relationship going yet. That's what the point I was making about Granite. You know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're right. I, I think it'll come. You've got Declan Rice and Havertz, two quality football players. Quality. But you know that that will click. I mean, Martinelli, just amazing football player. Like the energy, the levels he's got, and he has. He, he's fearless. Same with Saka. Yeah. Okay. He runs up players, doesn't he? He's fearless. Yeah. Well, Declan Rice, Brandon. He had a couple of good chances that were saved by Matt Turner. With what mm. what you saw being at the ground um, of our new three new signings, Rice, Timber, and Havertz, were you impressed by them in the flesh? Can, can you see them? You know, can you see that can blending in well with the squad? Rice, I thought was very good. I, yeah. I, I really liked Rice, and and I I was at the Charity Shield game and. He was. I thought he was quite quiet. I was more impressed with Havertz. Yeah, you were saying that last Monday. Yeah, yeah. And, and Tim, Timber just, yeah, Tim, Timber just looks a, a good, a good, good player. So yeah. uh, he was on the he was on the other side to me uh, yeah. in the first half. So I didn't get that much. And you know, it takes a little while to recognise players and <laughs> exactly who they are, especially. <laughs> so. Um, I didn't really see that that much of him. I was I was looking forward to seeing him in the second half, and then obviously that didn't yeah, happen. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, he's 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 he'll be as as Eamon was saying, he'll be a miss. Yeah. But we we do have we do have cut like he was bought as a right back. Yeah. And we do we have Ben White. You've got Tommy Asu, and you've got a number of young kids in the um, in the twenty ones that yeah. that are getting rave reviews. So. Um, whether they'll sort of step up or not, I don't know. But it's uh, he's been talking about he wants another defender anyway. Um, the issue is now if if Tierney goes, which like he wasn't even, we we're wondering why he wasn't coming on. We didn't realise he wasn't in the squad. So yeah. um, it tells you what Arteta thinks of his plans. Such a such a good football player, but just yeah. not the right style for Arsenal. So <laughs> yeah. while you can make some money for him, let him let him go. You know, it's it'd be sad. I'll be sad to see him go. Arteta loves Tierney as a as 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 a, as a um, his attitude and all of those things, but he just doesn't have the game that we're trying to play. No, he's he's not a midfielder, which he's looking exactly. for a midfielder. <laughs> exactly. You know, he's an old school left back, and you know, yeah, it's yeah, yeah it's it's yeah, unfortunate I, I, because his fourth season or two, I think we'd all agree he was super, wasn't he? Yeah, during the lockdown season and all, yeah. Yeah, I, I think people actually doing the disservice calling him an old-fashioned left back because he's not an old-fashioned fashion left back. He is a very, very good left back. Yeah. Like he'll get, you know, he's an he's an attacking fullback. Yeah. And for, a t- for for a team that wants to play with that setup, he would be the best in the business. Absolutely, he's absolutely. quality. He's absolutely quality. But you know, um, we don't want to play that way. So. Yeah. There's no no good if, if if you can't even make a squad, and you've got you've got a right back Timber playing left back, and then you bring on another right back to play left back, as in Tomiyasu. There's something wrong. And you you were talking about body shape there earlier, Eamon, and there was a couple of times. Now I know Tomiyasu can play with his left foot, but his body shape was all wrong, and he shanked balls out over into touch. This, that, and the other. And yeah, I think you need. You need a left-footed player to play on that side, and uh, I don't think I don't think Tommy Asu is good enough to play left back, in my in my opinion. He, he'll do a job there, but I wouldn't want to see him there for the whole season. Um, yeah. And with with Zinchenko's injury record, if that's if they don't get somebody else in there, then you're going to see him an awful lot. And yeah, I don't think I don't think that's good for us, to be honest. So. Yeah, if look, whoever gets Turney would be getting a good player proven as well from his days at Celtic, done him the world of good and I think he only improved even more under Arteta, you know. Um yeah, it'd be sad to see him go, you know, because he's he, he he he's not afraid of putting his foot in and you know, he he's a hundred percent committed in every game, you know, even when he comes on as a sub, yeah. So yeah, um a bit of a worry with Timber they're saying four to five months, but in terms of um Recovery as well. Could be yeah, a bit like, longer, yeah. Have they um, announced? 
uh, it's hard no, to know. They, I think they're done they, assess them, aren't they? They're done assess them to consult and then they'll give the It's an anterior cruciate ligament injury, so it depends on whether it's... How, how uh, long would you be looking for aiming in that sense? Well, you, you, you could be looking, you could be looking at, if, if it's completely snapped, um, you could be looking at a year, right? Um, but if it's not completely snapped, you could be looking at three months, you know? So it depends. It, um, I, they're a lot more sophisticated about how to deal with ligament. I mean, ligament injuries at one stage meant you were finished, you know, but the, not anymore. So um, uh, it's not the cruciate, it's the anterior, which is better, you know? Um, so look, um, I'll go, man. They say treat that they say treat the five months. Um, yeah, should the brine is out for four months with a hamstring? I mean, that's I find yeah. that remarkable, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and he's so, done that a few times, uh, hasn't he? To, uh, to sorry, Brendan, I missed that. Isn't that off the bone like what you had a while ago? Well, that was uh, that was I took my hamstring off the hip bone, yeah. That was uh, that's uh, but the, the only difference with me, Brendan, without the um, without the medical team behind me. It took me two years to get up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> but he's I still, still made a comeback with you with us. He's still a bit wooden there as I'm well. Still, I'm still playing. Tell you that, um, Berta Moretti is certainly an oil the most as well. <laughs> um, I could never, never do the show sober, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for that. <laughs> no, we wish Tim Bert all the best in his recovery. Just unfortunate, but there's, look, an exciting future ahead of him. Uh, I think we can agree. This is the point I'm making. We signed him for five years. He's going to miss a few months. If that had happened in January, it wouldn't have seemed as shocking because we would have seen him yeah. play 20 games. The fact that it was his first game, you yeah. know, you kind of go, oh, no. Oh, uh, yeah, the jinx. Yeah. Yeah. And, and after a, an almost flawless injury record at Ajax, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. Yeah, he was doing so well in pre-season, you know, it looked like he was going to be a constant starter as well, but look, these things happen, don't they? Look, it's just... Yeah. You know, as I said... Look, on the, as you the said yourself, aim the medical staff nowadays, they can work wonders on injuries now, can't they? You know, you can be back. Yeah, but, but, but David O'Leary was right when he said it, you know. Um, uh, in my day, <laughs> saying, uh, people playing in one leg. So, uh, just get on with it. Are you down to do the dirty saying? So <laughs> <laughs> I could see Timber on the ground. So <laughs> <laughs> but it is, that's what it is. Now it is. It's it's it's, it's happening a lot because he. I mean, without without talking about that, he seems to be a great fit for us, and he seems to have that great attitude that we were looking for. So look, it's a big loss, but we can't be having a meltdown. And again. I'm going to tell all the the, the, the the under 30s, it's not FIFA manager. It's not one player gets injured, get the checkbook out. That's not the way it works. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, every, team, every team has to cope with injuries, you know, and uh, this is no different. Yeah. Um, Eamon, your man of the match from Saturday? Well, I mean, it's obviously Bukayo Saka because he produced the world last moment and blah, 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 blah. But I'm going to... I'm going to do something left field now, and I'm going to actually say, to me, Martinelli was unplayable. And he was the one that made the, made the move, even though he got a bit lucky with that. But to try that piece of skill in the first place. Yes. You know? Yes. Like, what kind of a brand? What kind of a... Brendan, you played the game, right? I'm not, I'm not sure I've ever seen you running down the wing, but I've, I've, I've seen you play the game. And I, go, I want to tell all the viewers, Brendan was a, Brendan was a tidy player, right? But... He's running down the wing at that pace. What gets into his brain so quickly to try that pirouette? Unbelievable. But not only that, he gave away a few sloppy balls. His ball recovery, his determination. So in terms of, Brendan said the performance, and I agree with him. I said it was patchy. He said it was flat. It was probably both. Um, but he was the one that was neither patchy nor flat. So for me, Martinelli. Yeah, I have to say, just before I come on to your man of the match, Brendan, my own is Bukai Saka, just before that last moment. He says, <laughs> Amos says, he didn't see you running down the wing too much in the Emirates Five-Side Tournament, I remember you running down the wing a lot. <laughs> I have to say, I, I saved you from a lot of goals being in goal myself. But Brendan and I both have the Franz Beckenbauer approach. We won't win a race from A to B, but we won't start at A, Jonathan. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was saying, you know, you know you're waiting on them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, can I get your man of the match from our flying winger? <laughs> you know what? It's 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 a it's a tough it's a, a tough one because I didn't think. Okay, I, I would agree. Martinelli and Saka stood out, but apart from that, it was it's a bit shifty all all across the board. I, I I thought Ben White played really well, and um, again, no nonsense. Did everything as uh, you know to his usual standard. So, um, and there was a, a couple of really nice little silky skills bits that he did. And he, it was right down in front of me a few times. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> looking good, looking good. So yeah. I'm going to give it, to, I'm, I'm, Saka won the, got the award, but I'm going to give it to Ben White. Yeah. And he, good call. He's, he's been, yeah, he got a good few men of the matches last season as well, isn't he, Ben White? He, he only goes from strength to strength, really, isn't he? Under a yeah. But he never wins the award. He never wins the award. It's always no. glory. So. Yeah, well, you see, it's interesting. Um, you should say that, Jonathan, because he gets loads of awards on this show. But he never gets any award on Sky or TNT or whatever the leading hell they're called now, you know? Like, and the reason is the fans love him. We're all fans. Yeah. We're all fans. We love him because, as, as Brendan says, he's a much better footballer than people give him credit for. But his attitude, his attitude is unbelievable. Like, he took the law into his own hands when we were flat after 20 minutes and started making overlaps. When have you ever heard of an overlapping centre half? Except for you, Brendan, right? <laughs> <laughs> Brendan's getting all the applause tonight. <laughs> I'm taking it, do you know what I mean? It's any compliment, bring it on, bring it on. Well, Brent, well, Brent it's captured on TNT Sports as well. Uh, I must stick that photo up as well. We'd like to remind all the viewers that the, the three people on the show uh, played at the Emirates Stadium, you know. And uh, I think I think that day, I think that day, Brendan, that you and I invented this inversion role. <laughs> I'm not sure we knew it at the time. <laughs> I think Arteta or Guardiola might have been up in the stands watching. Funny enough, funny enough, and it was a warm May day, but there was a bloke in a Mac up in the stand that looked suspiciously like Guardiola that day. I think yeah. we're onto something. Now, I think we've noticed well, that. We might well be. He just maybe perfected it a bit more. Yeah, I mean, the, goal, the only thing I'd say, I'd, I'd say he was looking to see how the goalkeeper pl uh, played out from the back, but he went down like a credit union loan a couple of times. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I, I have to say, it was a very high compliment by Eamon said there that we all played. I like to say I featured. <laughs> you featured, yeah, you featured. <laughs> it's putting a nice spin on things. <laughs> Um, no, I, ha I have to say I carried the team that day. Um, there was some stinking hangovers by everyone. So, um, you know, to say the least, we didn't go very far. <laughs> um, we so did all right. We did all right. We done all right, actually. Yeah, I, I won't take all the credits. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, we got a podcast over the phones. Yeah, so off to a win and start, lads. Hmm. And this brings us on to the preview then of. Um, our upcoming game um, on Monday night on Sky Sports at eight, uh, away to Crystal Palace. Uh, we played these in the opening game last season. Um, Martinelli got the opener and um, an OG from the Crystal Palace marquee. Um, they got uh, they won one nil away themselves. Um, Alton Edwards got the winner against the uh, Sheffield United away. Um, and since Roy Hodgson has taken over there last March, I think it was, they look fairly solid, very tough to beat, and he. Um, Signed a contract for the whole of the season, which was a um, bit of a surprise. Um, they lost Wilfred Zaha to Galatasaray in the summer. It would be a bit of a loss for them. Uh, but I won't miss him with his antics. <laughs> Constantly diving and looking for fouls and all. But um, it looks like Michael O'Lise could be going to Chelsea, I heard, this evening. Um, it's, 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 their only major transfer, really, was um, from Bournemouth, Jefferson Lerma. He was a decent enough player. Um it's hard. It's hard to call this one, lads. You know, as Eamon says, it's very hard to predict the result. You know, so early into the season, but 
Palace away is always a tough game, even under Vieira and previous managers. Um, and you really have to be on top of your game because that that their home supporters can be hostile and it can be you know can be as tough as any away fixture. Um, <laughs> naming that in his head. Uh, well, from what you're hearing to tell you, it sounds hostile. Um, you, you'd expect us to win. You know, you expect us to be fresh, uh, quick off the mark like we were on the opening day last season against them. I'll go to you, Eamon. How do you see the game? Well, fourth of all, I want to correct you on Palace fans being hostile because um, my sister nursed over in that area um, and I used to go there a lot. So they were kind of my second team, you know. Uh, so I've been I've been in the home end of Palace on many occasions. Have you, yeah? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. far from hostile. They're yeah. just noisy. noisy. They have yeah. fun. Palace yeah. fans have fun. And it's a, it's not a hostile place to go. It's just noisy. No, it should be, you know. It sounds uh, from what sorry, Eamon, from on the telly it sounds like it's always constantly rocking. Is that is that it's always rocking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always rocking. It's, yeah. it's always it's always rocking. But then again, like they don't have aspirations to be in the top four. They don't have yeah. you know they follow they the themselves. Their South London is wonderful and all that type of stuff. Um, but it's a great place to go to watch football, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, it, you're right. It's very hard to call these games. But I think we were undercooked, and I think Brendan referenced that. Uh, you know, um, for the first game because new players and blah blah blah. We've another eight days, and you know, yeah. that, that that that's a lot of time on the training ground to do more things. So I think if our attitude is right, we win the game, and if it's not, we don't. Because we've better players than they have. That's the only prediction I can make. If our attitude is right, we win the game. If our attitude is wrong, um, and you'd like to think our attitude has been right most of the time, so you'd hope. I mean, Arsenal know they're going to be in the game. You know, they knew that last season when they went up there. If you remember the game last season, we had to drop on them for about 20 minutes. We got our goal around uh, half an hour. And then for 15 minutes before half time, they absolutely battered us. You know, they battered us and we we, we were lucky to win one nil up and then we got control of the game in the second half. So look, um get three points there, it's a good three points. But they're 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 an athletic team, you know. Yeah, they're well built, aren't they? Yeah. But that's you know, we 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 have to look at it in a couple of ways. We give elbow teams playing in a inverted commas low block, and Palace are a team that will come at you. With athleticism, you've got to be able to take it anyway. If you're serious about yourself, you've got to be able to take it anyway. So let's bring it on and say Monday night game, uh, good atmosphere, and looking forward to it. You know, I'll actually be in the UK myself at that red. I don't have a ticket for it, so you know. Yeah, it's thank God for Sky Sports. <laughs> I'm working. I'm working in Birmingham that night, so uh, I'm probably in some 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 pub in the middle of Plum like yeah. My, you get a kebab, you know. <laughs> An old Sarney, um, or the pasties, they call it there. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Brandon, uh, Palace have a couple of players of note. Um, Eberechi, Eze, really shone near the end of last season for Palace, and Mark E, uh, the centre-back, and as Eamon pointed out rightly, they're a very electric side and keep going till the end. And under Hodgson, they're very... They're very compact, aren't they? And they they don't concede a lot of goals. I noticed since he took over as well. Um, how do you see the game going yourself, um, Brandon? Well, it's it, it it's it's a it's it's going to be every game is tough. There's no easy games. I think I think we we all we all saw how easy games came and bit us on the arse last season. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now it gets real again. So. <laughs> And, and and like last season, I think Saliba won man of the match. So that sort of shows that they really do put it up to us. And I don't think they have any fear of us. Uh, I think they like playing against us. Um, they're big, they're fast, they're athletic, and uh, and and they like to you know they like to get on the ball and run with it. Um, they will give us space. Now I think our for, our forward line is is very very hot. Yeah. At the moment, um, in Ketia, I know he got his goal there at the weekend, but to me, he just flitted in and out a little bit too much. Yeah. Um, I, 
I still I would prefer an upgrade at centre forwards, even even ahead of Jesus. But um, I hope now with with Havertz in there, um, Odegaard I thought was excellent at the weekend after a very quiet half an hour. Um, yeah, I think I think our attacking six are, are really impressive, and Trossard to come on or to start like Trossard is just with, with, the exception, with the exception of the Brighton game every game he's played he's been impressive he's and again he came on at the weekend and just took us up a notch um, and I think Arteta has, has mentioned that players coming on that's what he's looking for and that's what he's getting uh, but I almost feel sorry for him not not getting a start now so I think he's he's pushing and pushing and pushing and you know he can play in so many positions he can play for Havertz he can cover for Martinelli incoming wherever but I think as long as we're not silly in defence I think we'll have enough firepower to um, to get over them if we come out with the right attitude and get that ball moving faster Yeah I'd probably go to be honest I think it'd be a tight game in my opinion that's I'd probably go for it. I'd be happy enough with a 2 0 win like last season, you know. Um, yeah. You know, a clean sheet, obviously, you know, and we'll do, we'll do what I'm saying, the world of good, you know, just to start the season off. And um, yeah, I, in terms of quality, I, I think our squad is a bit more, you know, we've a bit more to yeah, us. It's a, game, it's a game I would seriously find room for Emil Smith Rowe at some point. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because we were saying last Monday, Eamon, sorry, when he came on against Man City in the Community Shield, he did change it, didn't he? Did he well, Brendan and I had this, Brendan and I had the similar contributions on the podcast group after that game. He yeah. did things quickly, quickly and simply. Oh, bang. Yeah. 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 Move. <laughs> but yeah. What was, what was, what I noticed on, uh, on Saturday as well, like he, they warm up just in front of me. And he was doing quite a big warm warm up, and I thought it looked like he was going to come on. And then obviously he brought Gabriel on because he was panicking. Oh, they scored! Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's on to be shut up, shut up. Yeah, it's on to be another big game. But uh, the Monday night games are quite good, you know. First Monday night, yeah. Um, And as Eamon says, we've had eight days to prepare, so. You know, um, you'd be expecting in a way, but it's very hard to call these games early on in the season. You know, uh, you have to give every team, take every team at their merit, don't you? Um, yeah. yeah um, aside from Arsenal, so that's a, a new um addition to the show. I thought I'd add some new content into it. Um, the Irish Premier League watch. Um, it was a good weekend, notably for um Evan Ferguson again, ten goals last season for um Brighton. I heard Spurs were in for him. Um, but it's paper talk at the moment. But um, it costs more than Kane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 120 million are here just to do the Casado. <laughs> um, I know, Eamon, you're a big Bose fan, and you saw him growing up. You know, um, when he was in his when he when he broke on the scene of what 13, 14, that goal against Chelsea. Um, he's only grown strength to strength really under under Deserby and Potter, but Deserby no notably. Um, do you see another big season from this season, Eamon, in the Premier League for Brighton? I see several big seasons for him. He's got everything. He has everything, that boy. And um, he's a, he's a he's a big, strong lad. He's got pace, yeah. But he's got guile as well. You know, he's got a great touch, and um, a great appreciation of the game for a player of his age. And um, he has everything. Um, and if he stays healthy, there's big things ahead of him. You know. Mm. Um, his father was a great player as well uh, in the round league of Ireland circles, and you know he was um, he was proper proper, you know. Um, Ferguson, yeah. Bertie Ferguson, yeah. Um, not to be confused with um, a different Bertie Ferguson. This uh, Bertie Ferguson played for Coventry City viewers, not the Rangers. <laughs> well, he played, yeah, he played, he played, yeah. played around the league of Ireland as well. But no, he, he's um, that lad has everything, and you know, I think um, I was listening to uh, a rival show. Um, that's probably paid for by advertisements. Like, <laughs> and I, that, they were saying that like eight of the Ireland, eight of the Ireland team now 
but it has a chance of starting a Premier League game every week. And that, that that's a step forward, you know? It is. And I think a big credit has to be given to Stephen Kenny for the way he wants <laughs> the game played, yeah. you know? You know, I, look, a lot of people, I know Brandon shaking his head, a lot of people take the piss out, Kenny, but at least he's trying to play the game, you know, like none of this hoof the ball up the field and hope it comes off, you know, he's trying to play it. Aside from all that, I mean, regardless what, I mean, this is an Arsenal podcast, so yeah. let's not make it a Republic of Ireland one. Um, but um, because I'd like to think that uh, the people who listen to us are have interest in other countries as well. Yeah. But um, uh, I, I just think that um, where Kenny will always get credit for in my book is that a lot of these lads played underage when he was doing that. You know, and no, no matter what happens at senior level, um, a lot of these guys have uh, had developed uh, their game um, yeah. uh, there, you know. And it's nice to see Bonnie getting into the Premier League and all of that type of stuff. So... Let's see, but um, can you see uh, Ferguson briefly aiming? Can you see him scoring 15 20 goals this season? 15 at least, you, you could say, wouldn't you? If he gets the run yeah. of games, well, he, yeah, yeah. He, he, well, Brighton scored goals, yeah, all over the pitch, mm. yeah, yeah. But he, only, he only came on as a sub, though, he didn't start, did he? he no, only came on for the last 15 minutes, yeah. Mm. yeah, he's an impact sub as well. But he's like for a young lad, he's happy to start whenever he gets a chance. But he, when he does start, but I notice he makes the most of us, you know, he's out yeah. to impress for a certain place, you know. Yeah, and he's got to be careful, he's only 18 or 19 or whatever he is, isn't he? So, yeah, he's yeah. Brendan, Brendan, you know this from your, your love of like myself from Gaelic football, you know, the game is no longer about, you know, oh, if you're not in the first 15 or the first 11, you're not picked. Mm. You know, games evolve in different ways. So, if you, for example, you know, the way Forrest came out with us the weekend, low block, you can't continue that for 90 minutes, right? The game gets stretched. So, a fellow like Emil Smith-Rowe, for example, might be a way better option, or Trosser, might be a way better option to bring in that and have 25 great minutes than an hour where nothing's really happening because the game isn't on their terms. Yeah. So the game has changed, you know? Arsene, yeah. Arsene Wenger turned around and said, like, the optimum time to bring a substitute on us on 70 minutes, where the players that have started have started to tire. So you're hitting hitting them at 100% where they're maybe at yeah. 85% or whatever. Yeah. And the two Forest substitutes that came on that scored the goal, that scored the goal, they they tore up that pitch yeah. like a rocket, and I it was like wow, look at the speed and, of these. And, two. Like, and absolutely, know. and Bukayo Saka, who's um, very quick, was yeah. trying to chase that down and couldn't get near it. You know, no, no. And surprisingly, I think Ben White was the last the last player, which I yeah. thought should have been Saliba, because mm. that's how they were setting up for corners. They were that they were sitting guys back and Saliba was the last guy back a good few times. So um, I always think you, you want to leave your fastest player back for a corner. So Especially at that point of the game as well, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah at the end of the day, we got the three points, didn't we? And that's all, you know, it's something to work on on the training ground as well, you know. Um yeah, in terms, I suppose, in terms of the other Irish players, lads, um, just briefly, Nathan Collins, I thought that was a good move to Brentford under Thomas Frank. I think he can only improve there. Josh Connan at Burnley, Vincent Company, I think, has done a great job with him last season in the Championship, you know. Um, and Chidozi Benny is Eamon mentioned, it's great to see him for Luton. He done really well at Rotherham, and I think he can only have a good season um, in the Premier League. So, as Eamon says, a few good Irish players coming through, um, a Premier League level again, thank God, and can only improve us over the next few years as uh, international wise. Um, busy enough show, lads. Um, <clears throat> anything else Arsenal related or anything you'd like to mention in terms of the supporters club or anything? No, not really. Just stop worrying about Chelsea. <laughs> there, was a, there was a meltdown on the podcast earlier on about Chelsea spending money. Sure. It, what it's like, you know? it's Caicedo. He let himself down. He should have joined the Arsenal, but we'll break his legs. We'll break his legs in the season. <laughs> no, you can only look. 
we we signed. I think Declan Rice far better signing than Moses Caicedo. So we got it. We got the better man. Um. Yeah. Um. I'd like to thank Eamon and Brandon for their contribution this week, lads. Much appreciated. Um. You catch our show on the Dublin Arsenal YouTube channel, Spotify, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. As always, beyond the last man, when Martin Stumble will cover the women's Super League, which we hope to have back in the next few weeks. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, uh, Luke and Housekeeping Services and Balance Bars Direct. And uh, check out our friends at trustarsenal.com. Pat McLaughlin, thanks for mentioning us every week. And of course, go to our official supporters bar in Dublin, the River Bar. I'm your host, Jonathan Giles. It's been a busy week, busy night. See you all again next week. Thanks for listening. Good night. Have See you all. Out.